Are you feeling sad, discouraged, or hopeless? Have you lost interest in activities you once found enjoyable? Are you confused about whether this is a passing sadness or depression? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and resource suggestions that address depression. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash depressionpdf. When we point to Jesus, we, we really help them understand the why behind the what. Mm-hmm. We do this thing, or we don't do this thing, because of Jesus, because of his goodness, because of his desire for us, because of what he is calling and inviting us into as his followers. That's Natalie Frisk, and she's our guest today on Focus on the Family, sharing ideas about uh, really helping your child uh, find their identity in Christ. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, I remember when Gene and I brought our oldest, Trent, home from the hospital. Boy, do you remember that day I or do, what? yeah. And uh, I think my big thing was, don't break them. <laughs> you know, I was so worried about everything. And, you know, Lord, help me just do the best job I could do. I didn't feel equipped. I don't think any parent with their firstborn child ever feels really up to speed on how this is going to happen. Right. And then it proves to be true. You fumble along and hopefully do things uh, mostly right. You're never going to do it 100% right. But, you know, Proverbs, uh, thankfully, uh, takes up some of that slack. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. And that's been kind of a calming theme for me with Trent and Troy, uh, to do the right things most of the time, repent and ask forgiveness when we don't, and then just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think every parent many of those listening right now are probably identifying with that you're not going to be perfect but you can be good enough and that's what we're aiming for yeah kids are resilient and i believe like you jim it's a long game you've got a plan it's a long to game. parent for the rest of your life and our guest is going to offer insights about this process uh, particularly uh, with regards to spiritual development natalie frisk is a curriculum developer at raise up faith which is a platform providing resources for kids as they grow in their walk with christ Uh, She and her husband have a daughter, and she's written a book about her experiences and her expertise. It's called Raising Disciples, How to Make Faith Matter for Our Kids. We have copies of that book here at the ministry, and we'd invite your call, 800, the letter A, and the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. Natalie, welcome for the first time to Focus on the Family. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great privilege. And for our Canadian listeners, you're coming in from Canada, which is great. That is absolutely correct. Where do you live in Canada? Um, I live, oh gosh. Not the street name, but... Yes, yes. (laughs) I live about an hour's drive outside of Toronto. About. I love it. About, yes. So near Toronto, which is a lovely city. Well, it's so good to have you here. And I know our Canadian listeners are always proud when (laughs) one of their own make it down here to be on the broadcast. So let's, uh, let's get going with... With uh, just how busy parents are today, and we man, we lean on that. I'm sure a hundred years ago, working the farm, and <laughs> you know, they came in pretty tired too. I don't know that much has changed. We like to glamorize our busyness, but but we are busy, and uh, I think a good place to start is speaking to the busy parents who are running all over the place, trying to balance a million things. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you do that with children and keep them at the forefront of everything in your life? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you got that answer. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the honest truth. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the reality is, I, I write in my book about 
this idea, I call it the guilt trip clause. And I think that parents are just so overwhelmed in every sphere yeah. that we're guilted, that we're, that we just feel like lesser than, we feel not good enough, you know, all of these things. And so balancing all that busyness, all that stuff, I think a little bit is to say, you know what? It's okay. You don't necessarily have to do it all. Um, I had a friend once preach on uh, busyness. And I'll never forget this line. He said, sometimes you have to say no to what's good to say yes to what's best. That's a good Isn't starting that a great point. Yeah. Line? Just um, wake up to that every day. Oh, goodness. So and I think, that is, I think that's parenting. Yeah, that's so good. It's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah, I, I appreciate the experience you have as a parent and your role in, in ministry. And it gives you a wide breadth of experience to see the other kids that you have helped. Um, I think the need for parents to believe that this is the most important job. How do we help to make uh, faith matter in our children's lives? Mm -hmm. So that's a broad question. But how do we help our kids to develop more interest in spiritual things? And I'm sure you, the listener, are thinking about, well, my 13-year-old I mean, I'm dragging them to church right now because they don't want to go. So maybe you can answer that kind of age and stage. Yeah. Well, I'm going to answer the age and stage by taking us back to preschool. Uh, When you're five, what do you do? You go to school and you learn show and tell, right? You show and you tell and you show and you tell. And you get excited about the thing that you are show and telling. And I think sometimes we make our trip to church that we are feeling the dragging that you as a parent, high parent listener with the 13 year old who is being dragged (laughs) to church, you're begrudgingly dragging them to church. And I just wonder if some of our, um, we've lost some of that joy in the Mm. show and tell because we're trying so hard. Mm. And I think some of it is taking that breath and reminding ourselves that there's a joy in all of this, show and telling them the good news of Jesus in our own lives, and then inviting them to join us in church, inviting them to join us on a on a walk where we're going to marvel at the beautiful things in God's creation and turn that almost into a prayer walk that they maybe don't know preemptively is going to be a prayer walk. But, you know, you, you can kind of engage... I think that age in particular with various spiritual disciplines that are maybe a little bit outside the box for them and that reawakens something for them. So as you get uh, a little older in that Mm -hmm. continuum, so the Mm -hmm. elementary, late elementary school Mm -hmm. years, you know, fifth, sixth grade, Mm -hmm. what does that look like to to build into them and to get them interested in church? Does it change? Yeah, I think it does. Um, I think that helping them see where they have um, value and worth within the context of the church community is so vital to that. I mean, I was visiting a church community and they had a little girl in their worship band. I think she was about eight or nine years old and she was great. And it's not that she was a great singer, to be honest with you. I can't remember. I, I, I don't, I couldn't <laughs> That tell wasn't you. the impression you got. <laughs> it didn't ma- It didn't matter to me if she was a great singer or not. She had a role. She had a place in that church community. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was so beautiful. And I think at that age, fifth grade, sixth grade, it's us helping our kids find a place yeah. in the mix. Their awareness is really high at that point. Oh, yeah. Let me role play to help with the older kids. I'll mm-hmm. just role play this, not out of experience, but things that I've heard. <laughs> you know, when uh, you're saying as the parent, and what I want is some parent coaching from you right now when I give you this example. 
This is what I'm looking for. So the conversation kind of goes like this. Listen, I told you to get ready for church so we can learn to be loving and joyful and kind. Do you understand me? So let's get ready to go. What's your parenting coaching for me? (laughs) My parenting coaching for you is let's roll back that tape. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) But I mean, we get lost in the moment. I don't want to be too condemning, but I mean, we are kind of conflicting our kids with that, right? Yeah. Let's go learn about the fruit of the spirit, even though I am not possessing it (laughs) right now. That's it. Well, and I think for us is to catch ourselves before we get to that place, just in our, even, you know, we're frustrated, we're getting ready for the morning and maybe everybody else is in the car and, (laughs) and, and you're waiting on that individual, it's going, okay, I am going to model <laughs> the love and the, you know, patience. We we know, yeah. we know what all the fruit of the Spirit are. We all sang the songs in Sunday school, right? We know the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We know them. And I'm sure you could sing the tune. Um, <laughs> I will not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't either. Um, but, you know, if we can actually truly model that ourselves to that teen that is driving us bonkers, if we can actually model that, I think that is something significant in that teen's um, journey um, with understanding who they are within the context of the faith community. Yeah. I think every child has a real challenge to find their identity. We talk a lot about that, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's important because I think it's the core thing. Uh, the world is chipping away at that constantly. Mm-hmm. So they want your identity to be in your appearance, mm-hmm. in whatever clothes you might need to buy, or the makeup you need to wear, the hairstyle, the tennis shoes, and the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And parents are competing with that, especially Christian parents, to say, son or daughter, you know, don't be rooted in that. Here's where your identity is. Mm-hmm. It's such a battle. How can we encourage our children that they're enough? in Christ and have them believe it. Yeah. Well, I think some of it is honestly, truthfully comes down to being a broken record as a parent. It's to remind them again and again, right? It's, it's writing them on your doorposts. Um, not necessarily, you know, literally, but, (laughs) but saying them when you're on the road, when you, you know, you go along all those things. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a reason the Bible says it that way. There is a reason. And it's so fabulous because, um, I mean, even, uh, psychologists now will say, you know, in particular with boys, um, that when you're side by side with the boys going and doing, you know, when are you side by side with, you know, perhaps your son's in the car, you're side by side with them in the car and you're driving somewhere, they're going to have better conversations with you than if you were to say, hey, bud, let's go grab a Coke at whatever place down the street. They're going to engage with you better in the car ride. Yeah. The car ride is meaningful. Um, and so what's the identity piece there? It's reminding your kids again and again and in different ways and actually authentically meaning it. I think sometimes we we do tend to, you know, I don't know if you know this, but as Christ followers, sometimes we have, we tout our platitudes and we have our nice cliches and we toss them about, but we mean them. And we want to, we got to say them like we actually mean them because right. we do. And, you know, telling your child, I, it's adding your kids into your schedule in meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just assuming all of the relational pieces will happen, but actually making meaningful times with them, yeah. I think is really key. Uh, you know, one of the things in Scripture that can be convicting, and mm-hmm. at times, again, we're not perfect as parents. We're certainly not. Um, but to not provoke your children to anger 
Uh, Lord, are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, there's a reason because of the fragility, I think. The Lord knows that little one's heart. Mm-hmm. And when a parent is out of their own wounds and pain, you know, they're being uh, provoked in their anger because that child's not doing what they want or whatever. Um, you don't realize the damage you're doing. I think it's interesting. The Lord is the great physician, right? He knows He knows how the human spirit, the human emotions work. And I think it's a great insight there, saying don't treat your children in such a way that they develop bitterness and hatred for you mm-hmm. because you're being so angry and hard-hearted toward mm-hmm. them. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even just take the moment to say for those parents who maybe their the kids are a little bit older that are listening right now who go, oh, maybe I did that. It's not too late to say I'm sorry. It's not too late to ask for forgiveness. That's good. That is a beautiful um, example to your kids um, as they're even grown to know and hear from you that you have reflected on that. I, I have a dear friend who that was their experience um, in their adult years. Oh. They had a, a father who was fairly harsh in a lot of different ways, provoked, <laughs> provoked yeah. them to anger, certainly. And he had his heart softened by the Lord and he apologized and it was so Meaningful, oh, I could imagine. So meaning. I mean, you know, you go through all of those years of maybe bitterness or resentment, and then to hear that genuine apology, I think that's the love of Christ uh, just seeping out of them. And and that's really, really valuable for well, all of us. Well, and I hope you, mom and dad, you're hearing that because mm-hmm. it's never too late. And mm-hmm. if that is a place where you're at, that that anger has gotten the best of you or you know, just mistreatment, um, boy, really uh, mend that quickly mm-hmm. and be humble about it because that's teaching your children so many good lessons as well. Mm-hmm. So just I would encourage, I know, Natalie, you would too, mm-hmm. take that as the first step and watch that little one blossom. Even young children, boy, when they see true humility, they get it. God's wired their heart to get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it will make your relationship so much stronger. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Looking for advice on how to stay sane while you parent your children? Or some great laughs and heartfelt stories about how God works in the family? Focus on the Family invites you to join listeners from across the country as they tune into the daily broadcast with Jim Daly and John Fuller. Get the free app for your Apple, Android, or Windows mobile device and receive inspirational, godly encouragement when you need it most. Get the free app today at focusonthefamily.ca slash mobile or visit your Apple, Google, or Windows app store. Make your strong marriage even stronger with Focus on the Family Canada's new marriage enrichment conferences and retreats. Based on the proven, biblically-based principles that come directly out of the Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Counseling Program, these principles provide couples with practical tools to create a more vibrant, intimate, and loving marriage. For registration details, call one 833 enrich or visit EnrichYourMarriage.ca. That's one 833 enrich or visit EnrichYourMarriage.ca. This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. 
Natalie, um, you had an interesting upbringing, and you were part of, I think, two different denominations. We don't need to know the names of them, <laughs> but it puts you in kind of a little bit of a what I would call a Gumby theology. You know, you, one was over here, and yeah. the other one was over there. Yeah. And, and part of it, and this is really critical. I think this might be the kind of the most poignant part of our discussion today, mm-hmm. and that is how we as Christian parents can easily become legalistic mm-hmm. where we concentrate on behavior as the mm-hmm. core thing rather than the heart mm-hmm. because we have been transformed by Christ. Mm, that's right. And we're excited about that. We want our children to live lives of shalom, not chaos. And shalom means you don't do drugs and you don't sleep around and you don't drink and all those right things. But we things. tend to only put the billboard of don't, 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 don't. And we don't give them the heart of relationship with Christ and the reason that you do the right things. Speak to that legalism that you experienced. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Now, I will say I had overarchingly I had a great upbringing when it came to faith. I wouldn't. I don't think. You had a wide variety, it sounds like. I had a wide variety. (laughs) But I did recognize that there was this embedded piece that was very legalistic. You're right. Um, I have a chapter in my book that's about this exactly. It's about Jesus-centered versus morality-centered teaching for our kids. And the reality is we tend to focus on morals, the do's and the don'ts, often I mean, right from our children being quite young, you know, you say, don't touch that. Don't, you know, because... Yeah, don't look at that. Don't read that. Don't Right, because we want to protect them. It's all from a really great place. And I will say this. I don't hate morals. Morals are very important. It's not about Jesus only and not morals. But what happens when we teach a Jesus-centered teaching to kids is that morals are the byproduct. When we point to Jesus, we we really help them understand the why behind the what. Mm-hmm. We do this thing or we don't do this thing because of Jesus, because of his goodness, because of his desire for us, because of what he is calling and inviting us into as his followers. And so following Jesus means um, all of these incredible opportunities. It doesn't have to mean do this, don't do this. Isn't that kind of boring? Like, you're not really called into a faith. You don't get excited about your faith when you hear, well, Christianity is do this, don't do this, do this. Christianity is actually following in the way of Jesus. It's actually this very exciting, oh my goodness, I'm sitting here in Colorado Springs, Colorado, a kid from a tiny, tiny town in um, southwestern Ontario, Canada. And there's no reason that we would be brought together if it wasn't for the journey that Jesus had me on. And that is exciting. And when we follow Jesus, when we follow in his way, when we are transformed in our hearts, when the Holy Spirit is actually, you know, doing what the Holy Spirit does, um, we are transformed. Yeah. I think I think part of it, too, as believers following Christ, we're on our own journey. Our kids are on their journey. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have had the transformational, hopefully that transformational realization that Jesus is the Son of God. He's our Savior. He laid his life down for us. Right. And through him, we're reconnected to the Father. Mm-hmm. We're promised eternal life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, out of that, we want to live lives that are pleasing to him. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, we're in that journey. We're further down the road than our 13-year-old. That's right. <laughs> but we want 
it's an odd thing because I felt that as a dad. Mm-hmm. It's like I wanted Trent and Troy as 13-year-olds to get it and to be living a life that all the rules are being followed, mm-hmm. the, the commandments are being followed, mm-hmm. right? It's important. Yeah. It's not unimportant. That's right. But that is what a mature Christian fixes their gaze on is how do I please the Lord? Yeah. And what they need at that age is the realization that Christ is, is for them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you go break the rules. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying grace has to be part of that original foundation that we once had That's and right. that they need to experience in order to understand the the love, the unconditional love of God. That's right. Does that make sense? Uh, it makes all kinds of sense. And, and, I, and we expect them to be mature Christians and doing the the right thing and not doing the wrong thing right from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. And I would say I have known some 13-year-olds who are actually incredibly yeah. mature in their faith yeah. and could say, I do this because this is what Jesus is calling me to. Now, the reality, too, is that we can help steer our kids towards some of those really great things by allowing them to ask the questions themselves Mm -hmm. too. You know, Jesus is sitting here beside you. What does he think you should say or do? Mm -hmm. Or how does Jesus want you to treat your friend? And, And all of these things are really helpful for them to think through on their own, um, it allows them to actually make some inroads in their own um, brains to actually wrestle th- these things through. But that's actually how we um, develop a faith that becomes our own, yeah. is we wrestle through these things on our own. And so at those ages, you know, that that middle school kind of age range that you, you'd mentioned, asking kids the questions yeah. um, helps them identify What's good and, and what's not good in the eyes of the Lord? And I think, too, the, the the relationship that you have with your child needs to be strong enough to where they can trust coming to you mm. and talking to you about things. Mm-hmm. And that's such a balance because I think temperamentally, we as parents, we want to jump in correct, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. At, versus building the trust that you can come to me with anything, mm-hmm. and I mean anything, mm-hmm. so we can talk about it. That takes a lot of effort on the parent side sure to, to restrain yourself from yep. correcting and all of it. And a lot of prayer. <laughs> and a lot and, of prayer, and I, especially at junior high. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, I, I could beat this drum forever and a day, but I think that prayer is the most valuable thing that any parent can do for their child. Yeah. Because it transforms us, and it also puts all of the the things that we're worried about, our anxieties, um, right at the Lord's feet. Yeah. You know, Natalie, um, one of the most difficult things, I know we experienced this, John, maybe you and Dina did as well, but with all the social media, all the inputs that your elementary, middle school, high school uh, children are going to receive – I guess on the one hand, it's hard to compete with that in the context of how to help them build their faith and become mm-hmm. disciples, right? Mm-hmm. You're competing with these exciting kind of environments. And and so the, I think the question is, you know, how do parents approach this so that they're getting the core stuff right? Mm-hmm. And TikTok is a thing, but it shouldn't be the thing. That's right. And, you know, how do we manage that? Yeah, I think when it comes to the vast array of social media, oh, my goodness, aren't you glad you didn't grow up? I am. I'm so glad. It's distracting. Talk about a prayer piece for my own child. Social media. Ours, too. You know, there's a little bit of of holy fear um, in that regard. But Mm -hmm. um, 
I think that the thing with social media is that it's not inherently evil. There actually are some good pieces of social media. Sure. And so I think it's also helping your kids recognize and be able to filter through what's good and, and what's harmful in their experience of, of social media. I have a friend, a colleague of mine at Raise Up Faith, and he talks about the difference between junk media and kind of what is more healthy media. And so being able to steer our kids towards faith-based programming, you know, things that are going to build them up versus tear them down, um, helping our kids just have that level of awareness that there are messages that they're going to receive that aren't healthy and they're not helpful to who they are as humans is good and important. And then on the other side of the coin, <laughs> um, when it comes to social media and our engagement with our kids, I think the other piece of it is that the reality of what our kids are looking for is attention and it's being fully known and seen. Mm. And so if we can spend genuinely focused time with our kids away from the online scopes mm -hmm. and spheres and really engage with them, help them feel seen, help them know they're loved, they're secure, help build them up, encourage them. My goodness, that space that you talked about earlier of them being willing to come to you, it just softens that area between uh, you and them. Sure, creating the trust. And, and that encouragement becomes really meaningful. Yeah. Natalie, this has been so good. Of course, we've only been able to kind of scratch the surface. You are from Canada. So to the Canadian listeners, what would you want to say to those parents who are connecting, uh, not only with what you're saying, but with the fact that you're both Canadian? Yeah, first of all, hi, we probably know each other because as, as we all know, Canadians all know each other. So hello. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, no, I would say you are doing exactly what you're able to do. You are a great parent. I really believe that. I, I, I realize I don't know you, but, oh, well, maybe I do. But <laughs> your child is blessed because they have you as a parent. And I really believe that God gave you, that child, for a specific purpose. And what a cool gift that is. And so wherever you're at in your parenting journey, I would just say, keep going. Keep your head up. You're doing well. Yeah. And that whatever you're doing when it comes to spiritual practices, feel free to invite your kids in. Let them know what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. That you pray, that you that you serve, um, not just because they're good things, but because of Jesus, because as a follower of Jesus, that's what he is calling and inviting you into. Mm. And so just letting your kids know and inviting them in, I think can be really powerful in their spiritual journey. Natalie, that's so good. And uh, to reaffirm the great work of Focus Canada and JP and the whole staff up there that are doing so much to help Canadian families. Support them, obviously. Order this resource, Raising Disciples Through Focus on the Family Canada, and all the proceeds go right back to helping families across Canada. Uh, Focus US doesn't take a dime of that, you know, <laughs> and that's our commitment to help Focus Canada. And it's just a wonderful thing to uh, bless Focus Canada as they bless families on your behalf across Canada. We'll get a copy of Natalie's book, Raising Disciples, from Focus Canada. And when you do, please make a generous donation to the work 
of the ministry. Uh, your investment helps families uh, across Canada. Our number is 800, the letter A and the word family, or you can donate and find resources at focusonthefamily.ca. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.